Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hi, everybody. Um, I am really excited to be speaking today. Um, Part of why I'm so excited is because I get to share my perspective. But when I work on sharing a message of any sort, whether it's teaching something to my students or it's getting the opportunity to do this, it gives me a reason to sit down and do the work through for this purpose, what identity really means. So the whole time that I was thinking about this message and what it meant to be me, I kept coming back to this idea of words and their definitions. So I'm a language teacher. I teach English as a second language, and I often teach vocabulary to my students. We talk about connotation and denotation. We talk about the varying levels and nuances of words. We talk about all of that. And words are defined by using other words, obviously. And they're often compared to other words by using synonyms or antonyms. And for example, if you take the word elegant, it's not just something that's beautiful or something that's pretty, but it's more than that, right? We make comparisons every day. And in order for us to explain something new to someone else, we usually have to compare it to something that they already know. So my students will ask me, oh, so elegant. It's like beautiful, right? And I'm like, yes, but it's different. So we do the same thing with people when we're making comparisons. We compare them to other people by examining their similarities and their differences. And there are some qualities that we think are more important than others. And so when someone has more of that important quality, we see where we're lacking. We see what we're missing. And we can use that as motivation or we can be discouraged by it. But I think most of the time we end up feeling discouraged by it. Now, In my personal experience, I think comparisons can really weigh us down. They can cloud our perspective of who we are, right? We lose sight of who we are, and we focus on who we think we aren't. Mm, I'm not as thin as she is. Man, I wish I made as much money as he did. And their family, it seems so perfect. Why isn't mine like that? Right? Those are all examples of comparisons that we make. And when we surround ourselves with these negatives, it's harder to see who God created us to be because it's harder to see the positive. But the good news is that God's already given us our definition, right? Our meaning and our identity. If we were were a word, we're already defined. In Galatians 3.26, it says, For you are children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Okay, that is who we are. Um, He continues on, Paul continues on in Galatians to say, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. 
for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Jesus, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We have our identity right there as children of God. So our main point here that I want to make is our identity is not dependent on what we are not or who other people are, but on who God is and the fact that he created us. Let me say that again. Our identity is not dependent on what we are not or on what other people are or who other people are, but it's on who God is and the fact that he created us. Now, you might have heard this idea of three identity myths. This is something we've talked about at Awaken before. I know I've heard it when I've been listening to messages. And one of the myths is, I am what I do, which means my job or my work defines me. And then there's the myth that I am what I own. So my possessions, maybe it's the house that I live in, the car that I drive, maybe that's what defines me. And the last myth is that I am what people say about me, which means that what people say influences my identity. And these are unhealthy ways to view who we are, what we do, what we own, what other people think of us. Those should all be shaped by our identity and not the other way around. And it's important that we have a healthy understanding of our identity. We are children of God. Our behaviors and our words should flow out of that identity. Now, how do we ensure that our behaviors and our reactions actually reflect who we are? Now, there's this podcast that I listen to, and my husband told me about it because he listens to all the podcasts, but it's called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And in it, Peter Scazzaro talks about this idea of differentiation, and he defines it in this way. Differentiation involves remaining connected to people and yet not having your reaction or behaviors determined by them. We often let people shape who we are with their expectations of us and what they say about us. According to Scazzaro, most of our sense of self is false and it's reflected from other people. For example, our self-esteem soars when people compliment us and we feel crushed when people criticize us. So not only is our identity not dependent on what we are not or on who other people are, but it's not dependent on what or how other people expect us to be. Now, I want us to think about one of the stories from the Old Testament. Uh, you may remember in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, there's a story about a shepherd named David and a warrior named Goliath who fought for the Philistines. Now, it's a very popular story, so you probably already know the beginning and the ending, uh, but I wanna focus more on what happens in the middle. So David had three older brothers who were fighting in Saul's army against the Philistines, and David spent his time taking care of the sheep for his father, but he also traveled back and forth from his father's home and where the Israelite army was staying 
because he needed to go visit his brothers and check in on them for his dad. Um, and one of these times he went to go visit his brothers, his father sent him to go there, and he discovered that the Israelite army was terrified of this guy named Goliath. So he went to Saul and he said, I'll, I'll take care of it. I will do it. I will kill him. Now, while this was happening, David's brothers, as you can imagine, were really angry, right? They might have felt a little humiliated even. So this is their baby brother who wasn't even in the army, and he's volunteering to get rid of the enemy. But David didn't care what his brother said, right? Somebody needed to fight Goliath, and David really believed that he could do it. Not only did David go up against his family, right, and their expectations of him, they thought he should stay and take care of the sheep, but he also went up against the authority and expectations of Saul, because when David volunteered, Saul's first reaction was, no, you can't do that, right, you're a young boy. Goliath has been a warrior since he was a youth, right, that's what he said. David was only a young man, so it seems strange that David is like, you know what? I can still do it. And in verse 38, it says that Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. And David tried walking around in this new armor, but he couldn't do it. It probably felt really bulky, heavy, uncomfortable. So it says, he just took them off. Um, and instead of going against Goliath with heavy armor and a sword, David had five stones and his sling. And he took out a stone, he slung it, and he struck the Philistine on the forehead. In verse 50 of 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says, So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Now, this story is great for so many reasons, right? The underdog gets Goliath. But I personally love how David, who came from a big family and whose brothers were fighting in Saul's army, didn't care what his brothers thought. And he didn't even care what the king of Israel thought of him. David stayed true to his purpose, and he didn't even need to fit the armor or the mold of a warrior to achieve his goal. I love this idea of staying true to who you are and taking off the clothing that doesn't fit. God created us in his image. We are loved and we are his children. Our identity is not defined by what we are not or by what other people are. And our words, our actions, our behaviors, those should all reflect our true self and should not be a result of other people. Now, there are some questions that I'd like to leave you with that hopefully you can spend some time in your missional communities or with your families talking about these questions and really going a little bit deeper with this story. So the first question is a head question. 
what is the true self and what is the false self? And the heart question, which of the three myths are you most likely to believe? Remember the three myths are, I am what I do, I am what I own, I am what others say about me. And finally, the hands question. What can I do to make sure that I stay true to who God created me to be?